everybody. Welcome to The Ghoul's Room. We're your hosts. I'm Emmy. And I'm Julia. And we are back again for our Halloween special. It is October 2nd. We're getting there, boys and girls. Um, yeah, Julia, want to share our social medias? It's official spooky season. But yeah, oh you God, can reach us on uh, Instagram and Twitter, where we are called The Ghoul's Room, underscore in between each word. We have a Facebook and a Patreon, which is also called The Ghoul's Room. And then last but not least, we have a Gmail called The Ghoul's Room Podcast with a period in between each word at gmail.com. And you can contact us on any of those, all of those, about anything. If you literally are just like, hey, I'm bored. I just want to chat. Send me a line. I will answer um, for our Patreons, patrons on Patreon. You get exclusive artwork from Emmy. And then for tiers three and four, we video film our podcast. I'm I'm gonna apologize. We're doing this at 11 p.m. for me, so I'm like oh, English God. is not. It's, it's been a tough <laughs> oh. day for, for for the American side. I'm you know it's just been a long day, <laughs> so I'm stumbling over my words already. But you can see us in video uh, today. I am not wearing makeup, so I apologize to Carrie, our <laughs> one viewer so far. But you can see our bright and shining faces and all my things going on in the background <laughs> if you like but yeah the, contact us on all of them please we love you <laughs> we do we do and i want to point out just quick disclaimer as usual all the information that we have found we have found on public domain sites so thank you so much for the researchers the ghostly Halloween addicts who have provided this information for us to share with you. Um, yeah, thank you so much. We'll obviously also share where we got the information from as we go on. But yeah, thank you so much for the internet and the amazing unknown collaborators of the podcast. For real. <laughs> for, literally, Surprise. for real. <laughs> Surprise! We would be nowhere we without you. you. <laughs> and for... The Patreon people watching. I'm having a little glass. What can I say? I had to have one. It's wine, by the way, for only the podcast listeners. I just had to have mm-hmm. a little sip. Emmy is getting sloshed. I'm getting a little episode. sloshed, but I mean, we're we're adults talking, uh, so it's we okay. Are. We're adults. <laughs> just know that if you are under the age of 21 and you're listening, this is this is what life is. It's you know you have a tough day, you come home, you have a glass of wine, freaking just chill. You know, <laughs> it's Bless. working's hard. Working is hard. I will just throw that out now. Working is difficult. <sighs> Can confirm as someone who has not worked in like six months. <laughs> to be fair, Julia says that, but she's technically been working. She's going to get her second master's. So don't let her trick you <laughs> because school is just different work. That's all it is. It's just different uh, work. True. You know, it's just... <laughs> I'm paying to do it rather than them paying me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't let her fool you. She is working and she's got a shit ton of classes this year. So pray I'm- for her. Pray for her. <laughs> Thank for <you>. real. <laughs> I'm sat here like wondering why my back and chest hurt. And then I remember that I've been doing embroidery for eight hours in my bed. But I've been like, so I set up all these pillows because I was going to be like, I'm going to sit up straight and it's going to be great. And then I slowly devolved and just like <laughs> slowly. over grim- <laughs> like my chin at one point was actually just touching 
my chest where I was just like with my needle. And <laughs> as the sun set, I have these like light strips. So I'm trying to make my room brighter, but it really doesn't work as well. So I'm like trying to see the needle in my thread. Yeah. I'm just hunched over. Like I did the old person thing where I like removed my glasses so that I could like <laughs> actually see the thing. I was like, oh. Dude, oh. I can relate because when I'm working on artwork like at the table I'll start like leaning back and I'm just like oh on my tablet and like my computer's like right here like reasonably distanced from me and then slowly I'll just like sink and then I'll just be like leaning in and my head will like drop and just like lean forward (laughs) and honestly my biggest I've been telling I've been having Aaron do like neck checks and so I've been having him I'm like I'm gonna stand up now and he's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I need you to see, like, is there, like, a hump forming in my back? It's like, literally, I literally will sit, like, like my whole head will be yeah. literally, like, what is that? Like, I, what I, is that? I do have a hump. Like, I swear to God. Wait. Oh, I don't really, I don't really see <laughs> oh, it, though. Oh, I've never seen my side profile, and now I wish I never had. Oh. I haven't yet, and I'm not going to rewatch the video. I'm not going <laughs> no. to. I'm just going to let you own that. Oh. And that's it. Because oh, I feel like... I literally, because we've been filming ourselves... Um, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want to know. I was going to say, I'm very pro. If I'm talking to anyone else, I'm like, your body is gorgeous. This is what got you oh through Oh my god, pandemic. absolutely. Like, nonstop. <laughs> and then I, every time I'm editing the video, the only thing I'm staring at is my double chin. So I was literally looking up like how to get rid of a double chin the other day. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's the one thing that I've, I mean, like, Aaron's been, like, talking me down. Aaron's also the boyfriend. I don't think I've ever, like, ever named him in here. So his name's Aaron, oh. my boyfriend. <laughs> so I am learning what it's like to have, like, a woman's body, not, like, a 20-year-old athlete's body. And so I've been, like, eating healthy or whatever, but I'm like, Aaron, like, I saw an old picture of me. I thought my ass was huge at 20. <laughs> I was wrong. Oh, I was wrong. I was, I have. Emmy <sighs> is the epitome of like thick thighs saves lives. She's got that like hourglass, like oh, girl. <laughs> My girl. I've, I can like grip. I'm sorry. This is like so much, but I can like grip my ass <laughs> and there's more. My hands oh my cannot god. grip enough. There's so much there now. I'm, oh my god. Your dad watches, listens to this, doesn't he? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I have no he, words. I have no words. He's listened Mr. to Copperman, a I'm s- episode. Okay. If he's listening now, episode. I'm sorry. I mean, you. he picked his battles. He should know who I am by now, my personality. Oh, my God. I've always been a psycho. Oh. Every single time I enter your house, I'm always on level 100. I mean, you have to be psycho to enter my house with, like, we've always got, like, (laughs) ten dogs running around. Like, you need to be. (laughs) I mean, I've always, like, even when we were first becoming, like, best friends, when it was, like, before it was, like, an official label, I always just, like, burst right in. And you're just like, oh, (laughs) Emmy, hi. And I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, before (laughs) It's me, hello. I was like, hey, yeah, it's me. I mean, I'd freaking walk into your house and, like, Overalls and only a sports bra. What, what part? What, what life was that? Did, does, does anyone remember that part I of just, my life where I only wore I do, overalls and, and you were adorable? Bra? Oh my god! Like it's, who? I can't do that. I can't go. I so bold. 
so bold, <sighs> honestly. Like the I would not I I used to go to Target dressed like that. The uh, fucking audacity. Girl, the audacity. Dude, I I just I just wore overall shorts and a crop top the other day. Like I don't give I mean, a fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, sports bras are basically just like running tank tops. Let's be honest, yeah, people. You're fine. That's You're true. Fine. I just love thinking about that. I'm like, wearing... I just like wonder what your dad thought about me <laughs> when I was in my teens. <laughs> like who? Oh, like God. this girl just like bursts right in, and sometimes, like, ju- like sometimes you wouldn't. You'd be in the basement or like upstairs, and like, <laughs> boom, dogs. And I'm like, hello, beautifuls. And he's like, oh, oh, <laughs> J- Julie's upstairs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. And he's like, oh, all right, well, okay. To I'll be fair, everyone did that. Like, fair. I think it was just a vibe that either totally I or my house gave off. Because at one point, <laughs> our friend Sophia texted me and she goes, do you want to hang out? And I was kind of like, yeah, sure. Let me get dressed. And she's like, good, because I'm in your uh, living room. I was like, literally what like, like, whatever. She was just in my house. And she's like, I'm glad you said yes, because I'm here. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so people just walked into my house all the time. They would just show up. And my dogs were terrible. Like, they wouldn't bark. They would just be like, oh, there's someone petting me. Oh, this it was just okay. like, you would, you would walk in, get a good cuddle moment in, before you even talk to Julia. Like, Julia, <laughs> Julia was like the second. It was, it was animals first. It was like, uh, yes, you went there to see Julia, but obviously as soon as you enter that house, like, it is animals are priority. Because <laughs> that's how it was for Julia, too. You know? It was always yeah. animals priority. So it's like, okay, well, obviously, like. <laughs> what else am I supposed to do? There's cute little dogs. They needed here. to get some good <laughs> scritches. And oh that's it. God, so funny. Ugh, I love. That. I don't know how we got on this topic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it was good. Oh. But please tell us what what do you bring to the table this week? Well, as I mentioned last week, I researched this the previous week, and then I remembered I was meant to be doing witches, and so, and thank the lord i asked emmy because i again this is the second time it has happened where i got this like vibe where i was like you know i'm gonna ask emmy which or actually no i'm just gonna tell her what i'm doing and i texted her i'm like hey emmy i'm doing vampires and she was like thank you for telling me because so was i <laughs> yeah and so, julia is a lot more like she does it i usually do a day of so Honestly, thank you for telling me because that would have been a lot. Because I we would have joined this call right now, and I would have done it like an hour before. I would have already done vampires just a mere hour before the podcast. I would have like hung up eleven p.m. And if you told me we did the same topic, oh, I would have been God. like, "Not you." You would have been. It. it just would have been a very short oh. podcast of us collaborating on the same idea and just like bouncing ideas off each other, each other, like just you know. But yeah, I've been seeing a lot of uh, R. Pats, who is uh, Robert Pattinson, in case you don't know. What's his face from Twilight? Edward? That's his name. Edward, yep. Edward um, Cullen. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. He's the vampire. And we did werewolves last week. So I was like, you know what? What's more Halloween-y than like Dracula vampires? Um, I'm doing the good old. Although... Again, I feel like I've been doing much more historical things rather than scary things, so I apologize if this bores you, but I'm going to also go over my sources right now, and you're going to laugh at the sources. Oh, so no. to start off, it was Wikipedia was a majority, and then some oh, of these sources. All right, so we have Rabbi Shale Speaks, Takla's, ta- uh, Vampires, Einstein, and Jewish Folklore. We have... Historia rerum anglicarum. I, I assume that was Latin. I don't know what that is. <laughs> what in um, the world? I don't know. 
We have Vampires Galore, the Reader's Digest book of strange stories, amazing facts, stories that are bizarre, unusual, odd, astonishing, incredible, but true. Oh, true. (laughs) We have an Encyclopedia of Occultism by Lewis Spence. We have the Encyclopedia of Monsters, Bigfoot, Chinese Wild Man, Nessie, Sea Ape, Werewolf, and many more by Daniel Cohen. All right. We have from... I know. We're almost done. Don't worry. We have from Upir to Vampire, the Slavic vampire myth in Russian literature by Alexandra Dorian Townsend, or it might be Dorian Alexander Townsend. I don't actually know. And then we have the Welcome Collection by Muriel Bailey. And I'm done. I promise. My God. You're so, you're so intense. So, so, so you just get right in there. So invasive. You just, you just get right in there. Into all the research. I'm like, tell me everything. <laughs> That's why, like, I really have to cut the things down. If anyone's ever like, oh, God, Julia drones on. I want you to know that this is, like, the cut down version. Because I'm just like, That's oh, look at all this information. So, as I said, this week, I am discussing vampires. And just in case uh, people don't know, a vampire is essentially a creature that feeds off of the life force. Ooh. Oh, we're starting strong. Oh, we're starting God. strong. You, it's, you 11. Can tell, it's 11 p.m. <laughs> you can tell when I start like slurring or stuttering that it's because I'm tired and I always do it. I've done it forever. So she has beginning again. A vampire is essentially a creature that feeds off of the life force of another human, whether it is through blood or energy. So I guess there are vampires I read about that suck your energy, but just not necessarily through your blood. Although I guess the most common vampire that we think of are the blood vampires. This was kind of creepy to me. Vampires have been recorded in almost every single culture. I don't know about you, but anytime someone's like, oh yeah, it was in every single culture. I'm like, they're real. I don't care. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, again, it's, I mean, not to be like crazy alien, but like, if everyone's talking about it, then something's going exactly. on. Exactly. Something's fucking going on. Maybe it's not a vampire in our mindset, but if everyone's talking about it, like something went on. Something sucks. Um, yeah, exactly. So they've been recorded in almost every culture, though the term vampire itself came from the 18th century Western Europe during a mass hysteria of people being accused of being vampires. They were also... this. Again, I'm going to be like, this was so interesting. All these things I didn't know about vampires. They were originally described as wearing shrouds and had a bloated, ruddy, or dark countenance, which is very different from today's pale, lithe beings who are all like, I'm gorgeous and tall and elegant and very pale. No, they were the exact opposite. They were loaded and very dark and just not nice looking, apparently. I definitely think things were romanticized as we've progressed as people i i I mean if you look at werewolves too like when i was looking into it in the past they were viewed as being grotesque like mutated people that were deformed and hairy and scary but now it's like yeah eight peck deep voice (laughs) you do it you would do a werewolf and it's like my god (laughs) if you went way back they'd be like are you fucking for real bro like that's gross that's gross also just want to point out that emmy made a uh, drawing of a werewolf last week on our patreon for all tears if you want to check that out emmy is definitely a furry i <laughs> am not saw that drawing, i was I, like oh. i told you i told you it would be sus 
And I knew it was going to be, but you know what? At the end, of, I mean, you enjoyed it, Julia. You're talking over here like that wasn't, it was, a little, it was a little sexy. It was a little sexy. It was a little sexy. Anyway, back to the vampires. As described during these times, so we're back to 18th century Europe, vampires are commonly revenants from evil people. So I had to look up what a revenant was. And essentially, it's just apparently someone who has risen again and commonly from death. So I'm going to be using the term revenant a lot. But I liked how it said commonly from death because I don't know where else they were rising from. I wonder if it means like, well... I've only ever heard of vampires ever having to die first. Like you have to be bit or like, I guess in some you have to like drink vampire blood to turn, mm-hmm. I guess, like, quote unquote, turn to a vampire. But then you have to like die first and then rise. I don't know if I've ever seen like an actual living transition directly to vampire. So the actual Google definition of Revenant was a person who has returned, especially supposedly from the dead. I'm just saying, so a Revenant, they could have just returned from the store. Is that a Revenant? I know it's not. I know I it's to the not. Store Someone's going to yell at got me. Got eggs. Came back. Vampire. <laughs> I'm a Revenant. No more. <laughs> but yeah, some of the ways that like vampires were supposedly created was so the Revenants from evil people, suicide victims witches or they can be created from a malevolent spirit possessing a corpse and then finally the most common way which is what you were talking about is that you are bitten by a vampire and then you die and then you come back as a vampire belief in such legends became so pervasive that in some areas it caused mass hysteria and even public executions of people believed to be vampires and then though popularized in the 18th century Many myths surrounding vampires originated in the medieval period. So in the 12th century, British historians and chroniclers, Walter Mapp and William of Newburgh. hmm, Newburgh? I want to say Newburgh, but it's B-U-R-G-H, but it's probably like Newburgh. I don't don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll go. I I also (laughs) want to say Newburgh, but if anyone knows, obviously, correct us. We will read it. And then we'll note it in the next podcast. (laughs) And I'll cry, but that's okay. But these people, these two men literally wrote down records of revenants and legends of the vampires. Just the fact that they were like written down. They're like, these people are revenants. And I was like, oh, I just kind of go on to talk about all these different types. So the Old North (laughs) Draugr is another medieval example of an undead creature with similarities to vampires. And then vampire, vampiric beings were rarely written about in Jewish literature, Though the 16th century rabbi David Ben Solomon Im Abi Zimra Radbaz, that last part was in parentheses, so uh, I don't know. What does that <laughs> wrote mean? Of an, <laughs> I don't know. I just put it in there. But he wrote of an uncharitable old woman whose body was unguarded and unburied for three days after she died and rose as a vampiric entity killing hundreds of people and he supposedly linked this event to the lack of a shmira which is essentially when so when jewish people die they have to be buried within 24 hours but during that 24 hours like someone sits and guards the body literally like they sit and just it it's like a uh it's called a mitzvah it doesn't really matter it's like a good thing to do kind of thing but yeah so he was saying that like the lack of this after the death could be a vessel for evil spirits now got into her body kind of thing. And that she was also just not a nice lady in the first place, apparently. 
But one of the earliest recordings of vampire activity came from the region of Istria in modern Croatia in 1672. A local report cited the local vampire Jur Grando of the village Kringa as the cause of panic among the villagers. A former peasant, Jur, it's J-U-R-E, so it might be like Jure, I don't know, so I do apologize, but they died in 1656. Then local villagers claimed he returned from the dead and began drinking blood from the people and sexually harassing his widow, which is, stop it. Yeah, don't do Unacceptable, that. Unacceptable, right? So the village leader ordered a stake to be driven through his heart, but when the method failed to kill him, he was subsequently beheaded with much better results. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I I would assume so. That's one way <laughs> but, to do it. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> okay, now we're definitely going back to the 18th century, I promise. <laughs> uh, so there was a frenzy of vampire sightings in Eastern Europe, with frequent stakings and grave diggings to identify and kill the potential revenants. Even government officials engaged in the hunting and staking of vampires, which even if I believe there are vampires, I can't help but think that there were definitely quite a few innocent people who just got staked because they were out at night or something and they were just like, oh, get I mean, based on what we've talked previously, I would not counted against the world to kill innocent people yeah <laughs> just yeah. throwing so that just like, out there stay out of graveyards Yikes. at night pretty much because you're gonna get staked i think and also despite being called the age of enlightenment during which most folkloric legends were put down the beliefs in vampires increased dramatically during this time resulting in the mass hysteria and the pa- panic began with an outbreak of alleged vampire attacks in east prussia in 1721 and in the Habsburg monarchy from 1725 to 1734, which spread to other localities. Two infamous vampire cases, the first to be officially recorded, involved the corpse of Peter Blagojevich and Milos Sikar from Serbia. Blagojevich was reported to have died at the age of 62, but allegedly returned after his death, asking his son for food. When the son refused, he was found dead the following day. Blagojevich... Blagojevich supposedly returned and attacked some neighbors who died from loss of blood. In the second case, Milos, an ex-soldier turned farmer who allegedly was attacked by a vampire years before, died while haying. So I found that interesting. Apparently, so he must have been bitten previously, but didn't die, and then died years later, and it still turned him. And so... Yeah, so it said after his death, people began to die in the surrounding area, and it was widely believed that Milos had returned to prey on the neighbors. Another infamous Serbian vampire legend recounts the story of a certain Seva Savanovic, who lives in a watermill and kills and drinks blood from the millers. The character was later used in a story written by Serbian writer Milovan Glisic. <sighs> And in the Yugoslav 1973 <laughs> horror We're film. We're doing our best. <laughs> Lepchirica, inspired by the story. Oh, I am trying my hardest. I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing at these names. I'm laughing at my, like, attempt. <laughs> um, I'm here for it. Yeah. And the two in- incidents were well documented about all of these people with Milos and Bl- Blagojevich. Government officials examined the bodies, wrote case reports, and published books throughout Europe about this. And the hysteria, commonly referred to as the 18th century vampire controversy, 
raised for a generation. The problem was exacerbated by rural epidemics of so-called vampire attacks, undoubtedly caused by the higher amount of superstition that was present in village communities, with locals digging up bodies and in some cases staking them. So obviously, like, the smaller towns and stuff were highly superstitious, and they were just digging up bodies, throwing stakes, and them being like, all right, well, you can't come back now. That's low-key terrifying, because I don't know if any of you have seen, like, and I mean, I have seen, like, images of what corpses look like in caskets. Not for, like, fun, but just, like, you come across it on Reddit, and that shit just pops up. It's like, what the hell? And that's bold, all right, I'm yeah. telling you, they don't look good. All right, they are <laughs> scary. Like the human brain, Ooh. I don't think is supposed to be able to to see that and like understand mm-hmm. what they're looking at. It's like just like the idea of towns just digging all those people up just to stake them mm-hmm. is terrifying it's terrifying yeah they're all just like let's go and like the official the government officials were doing it too and uh this paranoia even affected voltaire you might have uh heard of this uh little old guy and during and he wrote it down in his 1764 philosophical dictionary so this is the quote from voltaire saying these vampires were corpses who went out of their graves at night to suck the blood of the living either at their throats or stomachs, after which they returned to their cemeteries. The persons so sucked waned, grew pale, and fell into consumption, while the sucking corpses grew fat, got rosy, and enjoyed an excellent appetite. It was in Poland, Hungary, Silesia, Moravia, Austria, and Lorraine that the dead made this good cheer. We never heard a word of vampires in London, nor even at Paris. I confess that in both these cities there were stock jobbers, brokers, and men of business who sucked the blood of the people in broad daylight, but they were not dead, though corrupted. These true suckers lived not in cemeteries, but in very agreeable palaces. So Corrupted, I would say. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's just Voltaire being sassy, calling he's like, Ugh, brokers and stuff know, blood suckers. Those, those, those bad guys, you know, whatever. Yeah, you know, sassy. <laughs> but he did mention all the vampires and stuff. But to kind of rain on our... Po- parade a little bit a common belief as to why all of this kind of like vampirism mania happened was due to like multiple diseases that were going around commonly bubonic plague and consumption were blamed because sorry as the lungs would break down it would often lead to the uh diseased having like blood on their lips from coughing up blood and so people would just be like oh clearly they've been drinking someone's blood where'd you get pale. that and and if i was a vampire i'd i'd wipe it off like did no one ever think that you wouldn't would just be walking off? around yeah that, i mean not to i mean come on like do you just leave food on your mouth when you're eating dinner and you just leave it on all day no you just save it for later <laughs> yeah just like get a little napkin just dab that right off yeah you don't want fine. people to know you're a vampire like oh my god <laughs> And then uh, rabies was also considered a reason for these attacks. They were thinking just people getting rabies going a little little wacky and attacking people. As we mentioned last episode, don't get rabies, please. And then I just briefly went over probably the most famous vampire, Dracula, written by Bram Stoker in 1897, which though it was past kind of the time of the paranoia, it probably didn't help anything because it wasn't 
too far gone that you're like, ooh. But um, have you ever read Dracula? Um, no, but I mean, not to its extent. I didn't like actually. Have you read through Dracula to its extent? I've. I don't think I've even held the book. <laughs> I've oh, never I've, read Dracula. In I've my definitely life. read segments, but I've only read it when I took in college. I took literary theory and old literature so those are the only times we like looked at it just to it was basically but that was for like language just like how yeah storytelling was at the time but i never actually just like sat (laughs) and read dracula (laughs) i don't think i I saw that honestly i was just asking because i'm gonna do a quick recap so if anyone's read it and they're like that's boring you can just skip ahead but i didn't know this so the the novel tells the story of dracula's attempt to move from transylvania to england so that he may find new blood and spread the undead curse, and of the battle between Dracula and a small group of people led by Professor Abraham Van Helsing. Now, my only interaction with <laughs> Van Helsing is the movie with, um, oh my lord, um, oh god, Wolverine. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Someone's yelling at us right now in the podcast. Um. Why can't I think of his name? Oh my god, I can't remember. Greatest Showman. Oh my god. You Jackman. Oh, there you go. God dang it. (laughs) And I love... I I love his name. I love X-Men movies too, and I feel ashamed. I've seen seen all the freaking... I've seen all all the mutant movies. I've seen all of them more than once. I want to be a mutant. I want powers. I can't believe I couldn't remember Hugh Jackman. (laughs) But yes, Hugh Jackman played Van Helsing in the 90s, I want to say, with Kate Beckinsale as Mm -hmm. like his counter. And she was spicy. Anyway. (laughs) Although it is widely known, it is the most widely known vampire novel, Dracula was not the first. So Johann Wolfgang von Goethe published The Bride of Corinth in 1797. From my grave to wander, I am forced still to seek the god's long-severed link, still to love the bridegroom I have lost and the lifeblood of his heart to drink. Analyze that, English major. I don't know. And then... Oh, God. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. (laughs) I like this one. Sheridan Le Fanu's Le Fanu's, probably 1871 Carmilla, about a lesbian vampire was thought to have inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula, or Varney the Vampire, a lengthy Penny Dreadful series from the mid-Victorian period by James Malcolm Rymer, were also thought to maybe be a Dracula inspiration. That's what we like to see. We like to see a nice like lesbian vampire being some inspiration right? for Dracula, for the Dracula. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's the kind of history I like to see. I like to see. Yes. Yes. Girls, we out here. (laughs) Finally, there was John Polidori created the image of a vampire portrayed as an aristocratic man, like the character of Dracula in his tale, The Vampire, 1819, based on Lord Byron's unfinished vampire story. So that's kind of where things started to turn from like them being the ruddy, dark, bloated beings to gentlemanly yeah suave charming people and then <laughs> i don't this is my last sentence about vampires so i yes apologize yes. but i say it, say went it. into a little bit of analysis oh 
My God, so, there you go. Overall, vampires are a long-lasting tale that is now associated with purity, sexuality, and lust. And then I was reading more about that, which kind of put, like, I was like, ooh, wait a minute. And they were essentially talking about how vampires and sexuality have similarities, such as they both involve lust and desire. And I'm talking kind of modern day vampires. Yeah. Um, oh, this is good. I don't want to even say it. Say the it. Change of bodily fluids and penetration. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> We're adults, I swear to God. I swear to God, we're fucking adults. We are grown They're not wrong, though. Even the subsequent physiological effects are comparable. So, like, a short-lived adrenaline high and flush of color giving way to feeling drained. And I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. Oh. Is the reason so many cult... <gasps> Wait a minute. Not to make connections, <laughs> but, like, sex was not always as normalized as it is today. Is the no. reason that it's in all these cultures in the past is because people viewed sex as almost like a taboo. You weren't supposed to talk about yeah. it. So when those people did, when they were openly very sexual, were they viewed as vampires? And because it was we such a good culture case, at the time. And oh my god. Uh, vampires in the past were sex addicts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the case. If it's oh. false, I'm sorry. I mean, no, I mean, no yeah, the guy who was sexually harassing his widow, he was just a sex pest. Oh my god, <laughs> he was just an incel. Oh my god, <laughs> he was an incel the whole time. That's oh my god, vampires were just oh. our histories, incels. Put that on a sweatshirt. Oh, that was such a chaotic story. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening here what's happening here uh, i'm so sorry guys if you wanted cohesion go to my favorite murder not us like we haven't been cohesive <laughs> i think this entire was a four months five months it's been years oh. since we've been doing this it's how long been has it like been? three three and three a half months time's weird in covid times wow. <laughs> i don't wow. know how much time has passed I don't know. Time, time is a social. It's an illusion. Creation. Social. It's it an is a social creation. It is a social creation. There is no time. Oh my All right, god! My tipsy dear, what have you brought me? So I brought you scarecrows, which I feel like are super classic. I think for mm-hmm. when you think of Halloween decorations or just fall in general whenever i think of scarecrows i just think of literally spooky time october yeah is scarecrow season like i'm sure they use it all year round but october that is scarecrow season so i do have a story that i pulled from the scary stories to tell in the dark wiki page i have to go to sleep after this <laughs> which i will i will read after I go through the history of Scarecrows, which is actually quite short. Um, It goes actually all the way back to ancient Greece. So since ancient Greece, wooden statues were placed in fields and carved to represent Priapus, which is the son of Aphrodite. But despite, I don't know if Aphrodite is supposed to be, you know, the goddess of beauty. She's beautiful. She's all about you know, love and just sexual attraction, all that stuff. But her son, 
despite that, is actually hideously ugly. Oh. Like, he's really ugly. And oh. <laughs> this is just what he is. So the next statement may seem aggressive, but this is just what he is. So his most prominent feature is his constant and huge erection. <laughs> no! Why? That, I don't know if that is what labeled him as hideously ugly, but that what? is just what people know him for. And I read I that mean, and I was like, God, this is going to be a long research process because that was like the first notice of like... To be fair, that would probably also be my identity. Like if someone was just like, oh, describe so-and-so, I'd be like, oh, well, he's the guy who has the massive boner at all times. Oh, so yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know him. Like, <laughs> the constant and huge erection. What? Ancient oh, Greece, man, was wild. <laughs> I mean, they were not shy. So they would have these statues of him in fields and birds would avoid it. Um, And eventually, as, I mean, as a bird, I'd be extremely aggressed. So did the statues have his prominent feature? Yes, (gasps) yes, they did. They did. They had it. It was, I don't know if it was the reason the birds avoided the fields, but... He must have been exhibiting some serious sexual energy, some serious alpha <gasps> vibes, because no! it kept it kept animals away. And as Greek influence spread into Roman territory, um, Roman farm- farmers also adopted the practice of having these statues in their fields. Um, and then pre-feudal Japan, um, they used different kinds of scarecrows in their rice fields. Um, and the most popular was the Kakashi, which I've heard before, but I ne- I didn't know it was this. I've come across that term sort of in my strange addiction to Japan and Japanese history. But um, I was going to say, I've never heard of it in my life. So <laughs> The Kakashi were made up of old dirt rags and noisemakers, often bells and sticks. And they were mounted on poles in the field and they were lit on fire. And the flames and the smell kept birds and other animals away from the rice fields. And the kakashi, the term is actually meant something stinky. So I guess, <laughs> I don't know what was on those old dirt rags, but something about something about them being burned must have really smelled. So apart, I mean, I didn't I research like this, but something, something about stinky. it makes me think, think that the rags had something rotting on them. Like maybe they were used if they were drying meats, they would like press oh. the rags into the meat. So, so something that would burn and just like create this aroma that would keep living things yeah. away. Um, eventually, Japanese farmers began making scarecrows that looked like people. So they would dress them in raincoats and hats and provide them weapons. And that would make them look like just people standing in the fields. So birds would obviously stay away because... I mean, there were some animals that would come in and and eat the crops, but usually birds are the ones that would come in and cause the most damage. So I think that's kind of where you start to see the more common use of scarecrows, like the the more people-esque look of them. Uh, During the Middle Ages in Britain and Europe, uh, small children worked as crow scarers. So they would run (laughs) around the fields and they would be clapping blocks of wood together. And that would scare all the birds away. That would eat the grain. 
and something a little dark. So the reason that um, people in Britain and Europe started to do the idea of like fake scarecrows is because of the population decrease due to the plague. So there became a shortage of children <laughs> to oh. scare away the birds. Oh, so farmers no. instead would stuff old clothes with straw and they would place a turnip or a gourd on top of the head and they would mount the figure and it would stay in the fields and scare all the animals away. And here we're getting a little closer towards like that Halloween image of the scarecrow that we know today, the whole like pumpkin on Although, the head. Yeah, not gonna lie, when you said something about the plague, my mind went a much darker path, and I thought you were gonna say they were using bodies as scarecrows, and I was like, oh, oh no! Oh lord god, no. There was just a shortage of children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the children died of the plague. Okay, but that's still pretty dark. damn dark. <laughs> still still damn dark. <laughs> okay. Oh god, oh, so... Native American <sighs> cultures, um, especially in parts of that we now know as Virginia and the Carolinas, um, they would have men act as the scarecrows. They would sit on these raised platforms and they would shout at the birds and the ground animals. Um, they would run away. Some of the Native American children actually would have contests each year on who could make the scariest scarecrow. Um, and one tribe in particular, the Zuni tribe, they would use... Um, actual animal skins they would take these cedar poles and they would string up animal skins and that's what would frighten frighten the um the the birds away Mm -hmm. um as emigrants left europe and came to the americas uh specifically german settlers they brought with them what's called the bootsaman or what we know as today as the boogeyman and it would stand guard over the fields i couldn't find a description of like what this Butsaman would look like, but it would basically be like a hu- it was a humanoid figure that would just stand mm. on one side of the of the crops, and then sometimes they would have a female counterpart. They would make almost they would try and mm. remake the female body to sort of stand on the other end, which I find somewhat creepily romantic. <laughs> a little a little nice. I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, got a woman in the orchard, got a yeah. man in the field, and they're just like standing watching each other. I was like, okay. I see you. (laughs) That's cute. (laughs) Um, Wholesome. Scarecrows became immensely popular during the heyday of America's agriculture period. Uh, Farmers realized, well, that was, so scarecrows were super popular before the invention of pesticides, which, you know, as today cause a huge problem, but back then they worked a lot better at keeping critters and animals away. And once those kind of became invented, then scarecrows just became popular fall decoration. And in some rural areas of of the Americas, and I'm assuming, you know, England or whatever, and, and smaller towns, scarecrows are still being used because they just don't have access to pesticides. Mm-hmm. Um, other interesting facts I found were some people viewed the scarecrow, rather than scaring animals away, the way that some scarecrows were presented where their arms were like stretched across a wooden cross so it was viewed as like a crucifixion and so farmers implied that that was a symbol of the death and resurrection of their crops which i found super interesting but yeah so it's kind of like the history of scarecrows but jumping over to the scary stories wiki 
which is at the no. scary-stories.fandom.com. Uh, I found this story called Harold. I'm just gonna... I think I remember this, to be honest. I'm scared. Do you? It is a little scary. I... I'll let you know at the end. Okay. All right. So it's pretty short. It's not that long. It's a, I would say it's about a page story, but I'll just dive right in. When it got hot in the valley, Thomas and Alfred drove their cows up to a cool green pasture in the mountains to graze. Usually they stayed there with the cows for two months. Then they brought them down to the valley again. The work was easy enough, but oh, was it boring. All day, the two men tended their cows. At night, they went back to the tiny hut where they lived. They ate supper and worked in the garden and went to sleep. It was always the same. Then Thomas had an idea that changed everything. Let's make a doll the size of a man, he said. It would be fun to make, and we could put it in the garden to scare the birds. It should look like Harold, Alfred said. Harold was a farmer they both hated. They made a doll out of old sacks stuffed with straw. They gave it a pointy nose like Harold's and tiny eyes like his. Then they added dark hair and a twisted frown. Of course, they also gave it Harold's name. Each morning, on their way to the pasture, they tied Harold to a pole in the garden to scare away the birds. Each night, they brought him inside so that he wouldn't get ruined if it rained. When they were feeling playful, they would talk to him. One of them might say, How are the vegetables growing today, Harold? Then the other, making believe he was Harold, would answer in a crazy voice, Very slowly. They both laugh, but not Harold. Whenever something went wrong, they took it out on Harold. They would curse at him, even kick him or punch him. Sometimes, one of them would take the food they were eating, which they both were sick of, and smear it on the doll's face. How do you like that stew, Harold? He would ask. Well, better eat it, or else. Then the two men would howl with laughter. One night, after Thomas had wiped Harold's face with food, Harold grunted, Did you hear that? Alfred asked. It was Harold, Thomas said. I was watching him when it happened. I can't believe it. How could he grunt? Alfred asked. He's just a sack of straw. It's not possible. Let's throw him in the fire, Thomas said. That will be that. Let's not do anything stupid, said Alfred. We don't know what's going on. When we move the cows down, we'll leave him behind. For now, let's just keep an eye on him. So they left Harold sitting in the corner of the hut. They didn't talk to him or take him outside anymore. Now and then the dog grunted, but that was all. After a few days, they decided there was nothing to be afraid of. Maybe a mouse or some insects had gotten inside Harold and were making those sounds. So Thomas and Alfred went back to their old days. Each morning they put Harold out in the garden, and each night they brought him back into the hut. When they felt playful, they joked with him. When they felt mean, they treated him as bad as ever. Then one night, Alfred noticed something that frightened him. Harold was growling, he said. I was thinking the same thing, Thomas said. Maybe it's just our imagination, Alfred replied. We've been up here in this mountain for way too long. The next morning, while they were eating, Harold stood up and walked out of the hut. He climbed up on the roof and trotted back and forth, like a horse on its hind legs. All day and all night, he trotted like that. In the morning, Harold climbed down and stood in the far corner of the pasture. The men had no idea what he would do next. They were afraid. They decided to take the cows down into the valley that same day. When they left, Harold was nowhere in sight. They felt as if they had escaped a great danger, 
and began joking and singing. But when they had gone only a mile or two, they realized they had forgotten to bring the milking stools. Neither one wanted to go back for them. But the stools would cause a lot to... (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I'm like, you don't need them! (laughs) But the stools would cost a lot to replace. There really is nothing to be afraid of, they told one another. After all, what could a doll do? They drew straws to see which one would go back. It was Thomas. I'll catch up with you, he said, and Alfred walked toward the, toward the valley. When Alfred came to a rise in the path, he looked for Thomas, but he didn't see him anywhere. But he did see Harold. The doll was on the roof of the hut, and as Alfred watched, Harold kneeled and stretched out a bloody skin to dry in the sun. What? Dun, dun, dun. And that's Wait, is that the end? What? Wait. Oh. I don't. I don't right? like it. <laughs> I, don't I don't like it either. <laughs> Those scary stories always end so freaking. These stories were marketed to children. Um, they like, were in our middle school library. Yeah, twelve and under year old children. Yeah, let me see. It's it's uh, it's twenty twenty. I think they've been banned we- now, to be fair. Oh, yeah, they're not. I don't think they're in libraries anymore, but we were. No. Oh, my God, that was 10 they're years ago. So 11 scary. years ago. Oh, my God. 12 well, years ago, they were in our middle school library. Say, 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. I just. Wait, so I, I got their names mixed up. Did he kill the one that went back for the stools or the one that went ahead? No, he killed the one who went back. So when Thomas went back. <sighs> Harold got him and skinned Ugh. him and then was drying his Ugh. skin on the roof of the hut. Why? I know. I know. Oh. I know. I know. I, lit- I have goosebumps all over my body. It's midnight. I'm going to have to sleep after this. And how you're going to imagine skinned oh, people on no. huts by a scarecrow? Oh, That's God. sick, bro. <laughs> If anyone's interested in scary stories, that was literally one of the shorter ones I've ever read. Most of them in the novel. Mm. I think you might be able to find most of them, most of the old ones, because this is this one was way back in like 2010, maybe 2009. Um, some of them are about two to th- some of them are two to three pages long, and they're they're kind of fucked. They they're really so are. Fucked. That's no joke. But yeah, so that's you know scarecrows and of course if you think back to um i don't know if you've ever seen jeepers creepers i might be labeling the wrong movie but that's a really popular horror movie series and there's three mm-hmm. movies um one of my favorite actors is in them can't remember his name though so he must not be that good <laughs> i'm just kidding I'm just wow kidding. <laughs> but i love him so some i think there's one of the movies uh jeepers creepers who is the villain he kind of stands in the field and acts as if he is a scarecrow before grabbing one of his victims and killing him. And I think you can see that too in Supernatural. There's also an episode in that one where a villain will pretend to be a scarecrow. I think that's a very common media representation where villains or monsters will hide themselves as a scarecrow because scarecrows are scary and they can just hide in the field and no one expects the scarecrow to move. But you know, I didn't used to have a fear of scarecrows, but I sure do now. So uh, <laughs> I sure as hell do now. <laughs> Thanks for that one. And by the Added way, if to anyone, my repertoire. 
if anyone decides to look up Jeepers Creepers, it is extremely gory. Um, it is, I think, it's just, just, just forewarning. I mean, there's a scene in Jeepers Creepers 3 where, so just, just going off. So the creeper has a van. <laughs> Just really quickly, he has a kill She's van where he usually puts all his the bodies that he accumulates, and oh. his his van is rigged with traps. So there's like a scene no. where he grabs a woman who he thinks he has killed, but he didn't, and he like kills all these football players that he. I mean, it's like it's weird. It's like he he jumps on like it just it's, it's always like cheerleaders and football players i don't know it's just like I don't, it's just weird mm. so he ends up like taking these like football players who were like atving and he puts them in the van after he kills them but like one's alive and he like, grabs a woman and like she's also alive and they're both in the van and they're like mm. uh like what do we do like oh my god and she's like we need to get the fuck out of here and he's like yeah no shit like we're in a this is danger zone like we are in trouble bitch and so he tries to like lean forward across the driver's seat to unlock oh. the door because they're in the back. Because it's like a white. So if you if you imagine a white van, there's no partition. Yeah. It's just like yeah. the front and then the back. He leans forward to unlock the car, and then from the driver's side, there's like a spear, and it <gasps> shoots from the driver's seat because it's inside, and it impales him through the head as oh, he's leaning no. over. And she's just in the back and she's like, I am in so much trouble right now. I am in big, big danger. I am (laughs) am in so much danger. But yeah, so if you ever decide to look up Jeepers Creepers, just know that it is pretty fucked. I mean, I won't. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. And and this whole basis is like, once the Jeeper, once the, uh, was it Jeeper Creeper, once he smells you, he will hunt you down until he kills you. Yep. And he can smell you no matter where you are. Yep. No. I know. Well. I know. I'll have lots of nightmares now. Thank you very much. <laughs> now that I it's almost I looked up while you were talking, but, um. Yeah. <sighs> Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was actually written in the 80s. I looked it up. 81 oh. was the first one. 84 was the second. And then I think 91 was the third. But yeah, I think gotcha. they're all, like, banned from schools now because they're so scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're not messing around. I think YouTube became really popular in, like, 2010. So I think that's mm. probably why, the because that's why I found a lot of the um, the readings for Harold in yeah. particular. All of them were around like two thousand nine, two thousand ten. So that makes. I would sense. love to be able to like just read. I know I can't legally, but like read the whole book on oh air, God. just like that would be here's wild. the whole thing. We would definitely have to contact the writer <laughs> or like the copyright <laughs> yeah. holder for sure. But if anyone's interested in getting sort of piecemeals of it, there is a scary stories like I mentioned before a wiki. Um, and they have each story kind of separated that you can read individually, uh, but they're they're cool. I mean, if you want a quick scare, like they're good. They're written really well, honestly. I, I'm very scared right now. I can tell you. Oh my god, I am a little spooked myself. And Aaron's not back yet, so I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> what are they gonna get here? They can come back anytime like- if they want. I always get a glass of water before bed, and now I'm scared to leave my room. Just, just, just give the little, just give a little kiss to the little chungus in the back, and then he'll save you. He'll protect you. <laughs> She's referring to the very large seal stuffed animal I have on my yeah. bed. By it's the way. literally like fat. It is 
Um, He's so fat. I'm trying to find, like, think of something that is, like, it is the size of a medium dog, I'd say. Oh, for sure. <laughs> a, a medium dog that's eating well. Chunky. For sure. Yeah. He is yeah, a cylinder. That is what I bring you today. And that is what we bring you today oh. on this spooky Halloween adventure podcast. Thirteen, fourteen, twelve. <laughs> 15, 265. Um, I think this is the 15th 15th. publication that we've done. Julia is the brains behind the the thing. (laughs) Operation. She's the brains behind the operation. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, And as always, check out our social medias. Email us. Julia will answer you for us both. (laughs) <laughs> and she will always she always screenshots the emails and sends them to me. So it is it is it is a semi group effort. We are doing our best. Um, look forward to a new piece of artwork that will be coming out this week. I can't imagine. I was gonna say if you're drawing a sexy scarecrow, I I just um I'm thinking about doing a vampire and a scarecrow. Okay, I'd rather okay. see the vampire. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I was just gonna do a vampire, but now I'm like dabbling in the idea of a scarecrow. Now that you mentioned it, all oh of a sudden God. you said scarecrow, and my brain just instantly was like rapid thinking, rapid thinking. <laughs> so the vampire will be first, and if a scarecrow comes, it comes. Nice. You know, we'll do our best. Um, oh but yeah. So as always, dear listeners, we are your hosts. I am Emmy, and I'm Julia. And stay spooky, my friends. We will see you next time. Goodbye.